Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Cobble Dan, and with me as always to talk all Cobble things cobbled is my cobbly friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? Oh, Cobbles. Mm. Oh, Cobbles. Mm. Oh, wasn't it great? It's Flanders weekend. Do you, do you feel a bit sad about Flanders um, Flanders being over, or are you already looking forward to Rabai? No, no. I'm look. I love. I love Paris-Roubaix. I, you know, it's it's a special amazing. It's to be honest, it's it's one of the few men's races of the year that you can be pretty sure I will actually watch. Um, not because I don't care about men's cycling. It's just not as cool, so I don't bother as much. Um, but but no, Flanders is always going to be the the premier cobbled race for me, and not least because. Um, the the women are just really owning that race and just making it so cool and uh, this year was absolutely no exception it was it was just a stunner of a race oh so happy i just it's funny because you kind of look at the course and you know you, when you look at it you're going okay it's 145 kilometers long yeah okay 10 climbs and five major sections of cobbles and all the unofficial sections of cobbles they throw in as well um but they don't but they kind of do it in a really funny way because for the first hour literally nothing happens <laughs> well you know I, I i assume in that regard that they're just following the men's template for monuments yeah, it's it's really interesting because the first um, so it's only kilometer it's basically kilometer fifty well, that the Wolvenberg happens. See, the thing the thing that's really funny about it to me though is that the men do it because you know that the TV coverage doesn't start until after the first hour, so they just don't bother. So the women following the same sort of formula is kind of hilarious, although potentially yeah. promising, I guess. Yeah, well, it's because I think it's because it's so basically the courses, they, what they do is they load seven of the climbs within 50 kilometers. Yeah. And once you get you have this amazing section, which they which they kind of which they kind of start. So you have your first time is Wolvenberg 50k. Then you have cobbles, cobbles, cobbles. Mollenberg, the first cobble climb at 62.1k, and then the Paderstraat and the Haghoek section of cobbles, excuse my terrible language. But once you've there, you basically, then you have the, this like little tiny short section, which is um, within, uh, which is in basically within 10 kilometres. You have Leiburg, Berendries, and Valkenberg. And it's like, if you can get through that section, <laughs> <laughs> you've got a chance of winning the race. <laughs> Isn't it, there's something, I, I don't know, like perverse might not be the right word, but there is something particularly nasty. It, it's kind of like that. You remember last week when I was trying to explain how how Dutch and Belgian riders feel about, you know, the those northern classics and, and how they get that sort of evil grin and tone in their voice when they talk about the wind and, and you know, it just sort of, and then we put the race in the gutter and, you know, destroy our enemies sort of tone of voice. Well, that section of the race is kind of like that tone embodied in a, in a, in a physical parkour because it, it's just like, yeah, if you can survive it. Yeah, and then you have between so once you've got Valkenberg you have a break because you have ten kilometers with no cobbles and no climbs. Wow. Wow. That's that's a yeah, oh man. It, that's what's the what's the right word for that? That's like um 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 false hope. Yeah. I mean honestly, yep. honestly. Ten yeah. K's ten K's gives you just enough time for your body to to think that it's over 
<laughs> yeah. And then and you go. Yeah, then, then you go. It's amazing. Then you go Caparai, eight kilometers later, Canariaberg. Um, and then after Canariaberg, you have eight, another eight kilometers for Kreuzberg. And then after Kreuzberg, you get another kind of, um, oh, yeah, that's all right. We've got another 10 kilometers. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. We've got a break. And then you go out of Quaramont. And then just like literally almost immediately, Paterberg. <laughs> <laughs> And then you have 13 kilometers of the descent and the flat running. It's, oh my God. So actually I don't mind it because although, although the, the first, you know, the first 50 K is pretty much warm up. And the thing is I say it's warm up because they basically ride so fast that no one can get away in that section. Because the, the thing I find really interesting about these races is it's not just that the climbs are steep and it's not just that the climbs are cobbled. The climbs are also very, very narrow because they're like farm tracks and, and back lanes. So if you don't get to the front of those climbs first, you're, you know, someone punches in front of you, someone can't make the climb in front of you and you're, you know, you're, you're basically chasing. And that's the yeah. interesting thing is everything just surges and changes all the time between these climbs because, you know, oh my God, only 20 people at the top. Oh my God, we've got three kilometers to race back furiously. And, and, oh no, then we start again. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and and cruel and torturous and everything that we want in a cobbled classic so you know yeah yeah and it's and it's yeah and you kind of feel really sorry for the riders because there were great big groups which were already dropped by the time you you know by the time you'd hit the hit the the, the cobbles um the sort of halfway the padastrat is the halfway point can you imagine that's 2.3 kilometers it's one of those iconic sections they rode it in noise blood they probably rode it in a couple of other races because you know let's just put them over the padastrat it's hard yeah and you kind of by this after the padastrat halfway you've got you know you basically got groups at the back group where they're already out of the race they're doomed doomed i tell you daniel doomed well uh, and this goes back to what you were saying before about the the roads being narrow um and you know we we talked about this last week in the in the lead up to the race too where it is those things, and it's not even, you know, like we've said before, necessarily your mistake that, that makes you doomed. But if you're far enough back and someone at that critical moment where the road narrows or turns or whatever doesn't keep up, that's it. That's separation. And then by the time you fight your way to the front of that pack, you could be 20, 30 seconds down. And, you know, there's just a world of no man's land and pain waiting for you. I, I don't know why I'm so excited about it, but it's just, I think it's just because riders love it so much. Like you pretty much ask any rider what you want to win. And, you know, if you take out worlds and Olympics out of it, you just basically get pretty much every rider going Flanders. I want to win Vlaanderen. Yes. Yes. Well, and honestly, it, it is, you know, it, it's just one of those races. I mean, we talked again um, about Ghent or Velgum last week and, and how, um, you know, already it, it gains uh, a certain amount of prestige because it's kind of a crossover race in the minds of a lot of fans who, who know men's cycling. They recognize yeah. that race and know it. And so to them, it, it you know, possibly means more than, than, say, Binder, which is a World Cup and, um, and technically has a, a, um, or its own very strong history and pedigree and, and whatever. Um, and, and so... Flanders is that one where you've got a, a classic that, that crosses over, but it's not just a classic; it's a monument, and oh, so you know, and 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 it's a World Cup, and it's it's just 
fucking amazing is really what it is. And so yeah. it, it's it's always going to be an exciting race, you know, and the conditions, you know, it, it was good weather, but, it, you know, even if it was shit weather, that's just part of the spectacle. Um, you're always going to get a, a good race out of it. And so your expectations are high, but it, it never doesn't deliver, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was looking down the list of former winners. Now, this is the this was the 12th edition of the race there's only been 11 editions before two riders have won it twice only one's Miriam Melchers van Popper Popple who won in 2005 and 2006 and the other one is Judith Arndt who won in 2008 and 2012 so I was looking down there and my maths is terrible but I make it so six of the riders yep. out of so there's been 11 there have been 11 versions of the race yeah two of the riders have won it twice so that's uh-huh. nine winners right Right. Out of those nine winners, six of them have been world champions. And they've got 21 world cycling gold, world cycling gold medals between them. Okay. Well, because you start off with, you start off with Zulfia Zabarova, who won in 2004, who was the road world champ in 2002. Um, Actually, it's easier to say who hasn't won the the, the, the so Miriam Melters Mel, Mel, Van Poppel, Ina Joka Teutenberg, Grace Grasbecker, and Annemiek van Vleuten are the only riders who've won it who haven't won world champs. Wow! And actually, when you look at well, no, sorry, Ina Joka Teutenberg has because she's the t, she was a TTT world champ. So yeah, so it's only th- it's only Annemiek Glass and Miriam that's that, that haven't won a gold. Wow. So you're like looking to now when you talk about you know 21 gold medals. That does include that Mariana Voss has won twelve, but you know, still that's still that's still nine gold medals between. You know what I mean? That's the yeah, nine yeah. gold medals between five of the riders, and that's it's just. But the interesting well, I, I thing mean, is, when regardless you... of of which way you choose to take the correlation, what it tells you is that this is the kind of race that attracts. Like, like you have to be at the top of the the sport to to win it. You know, it doesn't matter whether it then leads to world success or world success leads to success at this race. The point is, you've got to be right up there. Yeah, yeah, you can't be. There's no, I mean, I'd, I'd argue that the only rider who's on that list who hasn't, you know, the rider with the least good Palmares is Gressel Vecker, who is, you know, who won Flanders, you know, but, but it's amazing. It's like when you look at it, you go, yeah, you've got to be. So here's what you need. I was looking at it and I was thinking, especially um, because this is the new course, so looking at the riders from new course, you have to have you have to have skill and talent and you have to trust yourself, you have to have confidence, you have to have a really good strong team behind you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like it's it's fascinating and it's oh so good. Oh Daniel. So yeah, it's such a good race and and it's and it's one of those ones where where do you go? Where do you attack? Because attack too soon and you've wasted yourself. You've been caught. But then last year, Ellen Van Dyke attacked on the Kreuzberg. And yeah. it didn't take, you know, it's only that little bit of hesitation that means that she had the chance to get away and she is mm. such a strong rider. They thought, oh, she won't be able to get over up the path. We'll catch her on the Mollenberg. Yeah, we'll she's, her on the she's not that much of a and climber. Horrible. And it's like, you, you fools. <laughs> she doesn't yeah. have to be that much of a climber. She is literally the world's best time trialist. <laughs> Like, yeah, and yeah, and she and and actually, she's not that much of a climber if it's a long climb. But you put her on a short on a short sharp one, and she's going to kill it up there. Great, you know, Viking <laughs> her way up. I know Vikings aren't Dutch, but you know, I always think of Ellen Van Dyke as you know as, as Viking <laughs> Viking when she's riding. She just looks so glorious, right. so so glorious. So, 
I think we pick up the race at Leyburg because, you know, that's basically the, all the cobble, all the, it's the third climb, the first two climbs and all the five sections of cobbles, five official sets of cobbles, you know, you've dropped riders and now we're at the real start of the race, yeah? yeah? yeah. Okay. So what's the, what's the situation then? We've got, uh, from memory, there's, is there one group at the front and a solo rider out or do we have two groups at this point? Well, at this point, we've got groups and racked up. And because, like I say, this is one of those sections where it's not going to be a solid peloton at all. It's stretched out. There's groups on the road. And this and if you were dropped at this point you were absolutely doomed yeah and so the first where we see the first real attack Roxanne Kanateman attacking on the climb that's what Rabo Link do Rabo Live do that's what Roxana is there for she's there to attack early and it's that again we say this all the time but Rabo Live going you know what we're going to put down a marker what do we want an aggressive race when do we want it now <laughs> and it, it, it's it's also about that that whole thing of you know um, not just just not just like like a marker, yes, but a marker as a challenge. Like if you want it, come get it off us, because yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. So so this and this is what the race is like. Because she got sixteen seconds, but she's caught on climb four Berendries, and once she's caught, there's another similar attack. This is Georgia Bronzini. Georgia Bronzini, she's a sprinter, <laughs> but the people who went with her are Chantal Bluck from Bowles and Lucinda Brand from Rabo. Shit, that's now, not a, that's not a group you can let go though. Now, but sorry, I just wanted to say in relation to to Georgia. Now, if this had been last year or two years ago, we'd have been going, "Holy fuck, that's the most insane thing in the world to do!" Because Georgia is like their top top rider. But this is 2015 Wiggle, and <laughs> you can look at who else they've got, including Yolene Dore, who you know is just one Drentha, and and you know is. Like, all of a sudden, Bronzini being the one to launch an attack, oddly enough, I never thought I'd say this, but oddly enough, makes sense. Well, you know, who, who's going to be my domestique today? I think it's going to be that woman with two road world, <laughs> gold, world championships gold and one from the track. That's who I'm going yes. to have launching my attack. <laughs> but the thing is, so you think, well, that's a placeholder attack, except for the fact that Blark and Brand, who both won World Cups last year, are in there too. So they're joined, and then they're joined by Blark's teammate, Megan Granier, who won Stride Bianchi, and Andrea Dvorak of 2016, and, and Barbara Gorishi of Velocio Stram, who's a sprinter. So they get about six seconds, but they're not allowed to stay out for more than a couple of kilometres, because hang on a minute, Blark and Brand maybe, but Blark with her teammate Granier, actually, yeah. this is one that can go get back on them. Yeah, Valkenberg, yeah, yeah. they're caught. Yeah. So just before Valkenberg, so Valkenberg climb five, ninety-two kilometers. We still got fifty kilometers to go. Another break. Bronzini again with her teammate Mayuka Hagiwara and Gracie Elvin from Orica and Katarzyna Nuodoma from Rabo, and then you and and Christine Majerus from Bowles. But what makes this one interesting, it's got Alina Amialusik from Velocio Sram, yeah, who, was, okay. who was fifth in the Trofeo Binder. But you've also got Ellen van Dijk and Annemiek van Vleuten, oh. who were two former winners. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It... So you look at that, you look at that and you go, okay, so Ellen van Dijk's got Majerus, who's an amazing domestique. Van Vleuten's by herself, but... And you're thinking, well, that's an interesting break because you'd say, is that placeholder? But no, I mean, Lucic yeah. Van Dyke and Van Blurten are contenders. Exactly. They, they mean that it's not a placeholder. So, I mean, this, this, this shows us then that it's going to be almost impossible to organize a group out of this bunch that 
that the the entire um, peloton will actually be satisfied with. There's there's too many there's too many permutations that involve real threats. Yeah, yeah. So they're caught by three other riders, but you look at it and you know that this is the long. This is one of the long sections of ten kilometers with nothing in between. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're caught just before the Capitai, Capitai climb six. Now, this is once you get to this section, you're kind of like going, okay, well, every as every climb ticks down, the attacks get more serious because you have to be at the front because you don't want to be dropped because if you're dropped at this stage, you know, you're, 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 you're doomed. And on Capitai, Annemiek van Vleuten, almost so she's caught before the Capitai, just decides, you know what, I'm going to attack on the Capitai. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling good. Okay, why? Well, why the fuck not? You know, hey. Yeah, yeah, and 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 she got up to twenty five seconds, and and people are going, you know, and and Van Vleuten. So, if you're not a massive uh, women's cycling fan, Van Vleuten won the Tour of Flanders in two thousand and eleven when she and Mariana Voss were out in a small group together, and Tatiana Antichino jumped, and Annemiek Van Vleuten chased her, and everyone just went, oh shit. But if we chase Van Blurten, we're going to give Voss a free ride to the end from this small group. What do we do? And by the time that they thought about it, it was too late. And literally, that's all it takes. You don't. We're not like talking about sitting there for five minutes having a chat and stuff. We're talking about, oh, hang on a minute. Oh, okay. Mm. Mm. But Van Blurten, it's so good to see her back because for years after so she had this amazing season in 2011 when she won the um, World Cup overall. Now. Van Vleuten, she's she she came into cycling because she'd been a soccer player, a football player, before, but she'd had this this big injury in her leg, and so she couldn't play soccer anymore. So she changed to cycling when she was in her mid twenties, and she had she'd had this recurring problem with her femoral artery, where it's had scar tissue in it, and she had various operations over the years to kind of scrape out the scar tissue from yeah. the femoral artery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and you know has previously described it as. Um, in, in terms of the impact it's had on her, is feeling like she's been riding with one leg. Yeah, basically, yeah. she couldn't get the, enough blood down to those muscles in that in that leg to recover. Yeah, and last year she had another operation just before the season started, and she'd only signed to Rabo for a year, and it kind of looked like we were going to see her say, "If I don't, if I don't come back, if it doesn't work, I'm just going to stop because yeah. you know there's only so many operations you can have." And it, it worked last year, and and it came, and it was, and, and she did so well, and she won um, two stages at the Giro, and I'm so pleased for her. And she's moved to Bigler, I mean, which is really interesting because she's ridden pretty much most of her cycling career with Mariana Voss, mm. um, without being team leader, like you know, in this massive team of stars, and and. In, Bing, in, in Bigler, she's doing this. I guess it's like, you know, she's thinking, well, if, if it does, again, if it doesn't work, if, if the operations don't work, she's, she's still at least known that she can try being team leader. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. So, so to see her attacking just made me so happy because she's a really nice rider. She's a lovely person. And, you know, and all that, she was so frustrated by her medical problems and, you know, having to pull out of stage races and kind of, yeah, it was really... Mm. sad so you know so so that was like so when, she, when you've got like someone like van blurton attacking yes! yeah 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 and, and then she sold home for victory and that was the end of the race thanks for listening we'll no. talk to you next week goodbye <laughs> oh my god it doesn't work like that no she was <laughs> she got 25 seconds but a kilometer to go before the canaria Berg, it was down to um just 15 seconds and she was caught because you know people know what she can do so canaria Berg, we've got 35k to go it's one kilometre long, maximum 14% gradients. 
And this, the peloton's in pieces, every attack's serious. And after the Canaryberg, we go Trixie Warwick and Ellen Van Dyke attack. Okay. And then, you know, which is just, you know, oh, that's scary. Yes, yes, that's a chase, I don't care what it costs, don't let that get away kind of attack. Yeah, and yeah. then Elisa Longo-Borghini goes, you know what, I'm going to have some of that. Attacks, counters, Warwick chases her, but Elisa's got a 25 second, second gap, and Warwick's caught and they've got thir- about 30 uh, roughly about 30 kilometers to go roughly about okay. 35 kilometers from us to go right. so three climbs left so Troisburg, Adequarement, Paterberg and the 13k run-in so this is this is now classic chase the rabbit because well we've got 25 seconds if they don't pull it back quickly that's a problem well here are things that are advantages for Elisa yeah okay so the thing is, is one of the things that's interesting is the chase. I mean, what I was looking at, so well, she, so she's solo, 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 solo towards towards Kreuzberg, yeah. Um, Kreuzberg's ten, you know, she got another one of these ten, these these ten k, these ten k stretches, but with with four hundred and fifty meters of unofficial cobbles in the middle of them. Yeah. Wonderful. And she's <laughs> you've, so, got to, you've got to love unofficial cobbles. They're kind of like the Italian surprise mountain thing. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Surprise climbs, false. You know, yeah. like like sometimes you say false flats. Yeah. In, no, in, False flats and then Italian surprise mountains and um, and in Flemish classics uh, unofficial cobbles. Yeah, and also the Italian surprise twenty extra kilometres that weren't in the road. <laughs> yes, which all happened to be uphill. <laughs> surprise! <laughs> Don't you love cycling? <laughs> I love cycling. So you've got Elisa, but the thing is, and this is where I was going, I really want to be reported on the chase because you're like, what's going on there? Because the thing is, is I think at this point, Bronzini was still up there behind them, but Yolene Dora, Flandrian sprinter, was definitely still there. So that's mm. tick one for that's tick one for, for Wiggle. Yep. But tick two is the fact that everyone, I, I think from what I can tell, and obviously we don't have live video, the other teams are going, you know whose turn it is to chase Bowles Dolmans? That'll be you, <laughs> Bowles Dolmans. Wiggler going, well, it's not us. Um, and Bowles going, you know, yeah, you know, Bowles, you know how you won the World Cup last, 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 yeah. last week? Last... And you're the defending champions and you're super strong. You know whose turn it is to chase, don't you, Bowles Dolmans? And that's what I think was happening. Right, right. But... I think, and I think that would have been all right, but while we know that Elisa is a super, super, super climber, there's also another advantage that I think might have slipped people's minds in that Elisa is the Italian ITT champion. Yeah, okay, yeah. And to be honest, that's probably not the first thing that you think of um, when no. you think of Elisa. And also, you know, to, to a varying extent, when you think of Italian cyclists, like, you know, it's not like they're... Mm. You know, it, it's not like you're always going to be thinking time trial because you do tend to think climbing or sprinting. Yeah, yeah, and and the interesting thing is, I mean, we had Noemi Cantele, who was a great cobbles, cobbles loving, loving rider. But you don't, you know. But this is one of the things I'm loving about this season is obviously we we've always known Elisa is a fantastic um, classics cobbled rider, but we've also got Elena Cecchini, the young her young compatriot who's riding for Lotto Sudal, who's had this amazing. You know, she's been top ten, I think, in every classic that she's ridden, bar I think Binder, okay, um, or maybe it's bar Drenta. So you're kind of like going, wow. yeah, let's let's let's. We may have to recalibrate what we think about Italian cobbled classics riders. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Because, you know, you've got Bronzini jumping off on the, all these cobble climbs, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ride. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. It, so, yeah. So, actually, just on that note, how much fun does Bronzini have when she's freed up to ride like that? Like, you know, it just seems to me like she really enjoys the chance to basically fuck some shit up. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think that Bronzini likes to race hard for her teammates because it's fun. And the other thing is, is that Bronzini, she is pretty good at getting over those hills when she won in Geelong. Geelong, yeah, yeah. That those hills aren't negligible. No, you know, and they, they weren't. I was, I was there, and and they're, you know, they they looked a lot cleaner, I think, on on TV or video than they actually were. They they are some reasonable climbs. Mm-mm-mm. So you've got. So about 30k to go, Elisa, will she do it? Will she not do it? So 25k to go, her gap is only 45 seconds. So, you know, it's, it's, that's interesting, isn't it? That's, that, that's interesting. And then so you go to Kreuzberg, she gets, she's got over it. Out of Quaramont, there's, um, there's like this bunch in this long, long line. And the gap's, the gap's about a minute there. And that's interesting. So 20k to go, one minute. Out of Quaramont, 58 seconds. And... Basically, Adequarement's one of one of the longest climbs, two two point two kilometers long. Yeah. And then you have Paterberg. Paterberg's cobbled. It's only three hundred and sixty meters long, but the average is twelve point nine percent, and the maximum is twenty point three. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a leg breaker that one. I mean, it's part of why it's such an iconic climb. Um, yeah. It, it's short, brutal, and cobbled. It's it, it's the worst of everything all at once. Or the best. <laughs> well yeah as a fan sure yeah so you've got like and you've got 13k running now at this point elena cecchini who we just mentioned from lotto and and basically went you know what i'm attacking i'm not gonna you know there's a chance we can grab her back on the last she's been out you know she's been out by this time you know for over 20 kilometers i'm gonna get her and so she goes and with her goes lizzie armistead pauline fran you've got seven riders basically countering to come in right so you've got the you've got smooth normal roads and you've got nine chasers with Chantal Black absolutely murdering herself for Lizzie Armitstead you've got Fran Provo and Anna van der Breggen who were both on the podium at last week's World Cup you've got Elena Amielusik and Barbara Gorishi again who's another sprinter and Lotte Lepisto and Cecchini so they're caught and it's kind of like and then Longo Borghini's past the 10k to go solo mark and oh shit! Right, we've got to get her back. She's still got about a minute. Come on, Let's Elisa, you can do it. So the next counter attack, Pauline Fran Provone, Anna van der Breggen from uh-huh. Anna van der Breggen from Rabo. Yep, yep. Annemiek van Vleuten and Ashley Mormon Passio from Bigler, okay. and Lizzie Armitstead. Well, okay. So if you want to put a chase together, that's how you do it. Well, Fran Provone is obviously what road world champion. Van Blurton's won Flanders. Liz, Lizzie of it was second here last year, and oh my god, she wanted to win. Um, I mean, they all do, but Lizzie just wants to win everything. Lizzie thinks second is is you know is is not is you know she 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 just doesn't like coming second. She doesn't like mm. coming third. But she you know I want to win. What what makes a good race? Winning. Um, yeah, so she's great. So you end up with like one minute oh five to these five riders, and then you've got four chasers behind them. Blark, again from Bowles, Amia Lusik, Ciccini, and Yolene Dora. Yeah, and, and she's, she's got race radio with her, right? So, so she knows all this, yeah? 
Yeah, yeah. And at this point, yeah, exactly. Can you imagine you're out there solo? And okay, if I make it to the end, I win. If I don't make it to the end, my teammates had a nice, <laughs> nice armchair ride. It's it's hard not to feel pretty good about it at that point, isn't it? Like, you know, back at the 35k mark or the 30k mark, when you first make your move, you're probably taking a bit of a risk. Um, to find yourself at this point of the race and, and in that situation where you can feel pretty confident that um, no matter what happens next, it's going to be good for the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, sorry, I was, I was lying because I hadn't quite caught them because at 6K to go, the, ra- the radio goes, yeah, the first group can see her. And the gap's slightly, slightly dropping. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, Elisa. Oh, no. Or rather, actually, what I'm really saying on my server is, oh, no, Elisa. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Because Elisa is one of the nicest riders in the peloton. I mean, I know I say this about all of them, but she's a very, very, she's a very, very easy rider to be a fan of. Um, you may remember her from such hits as always riding for her teammates. Mm. And also when she had that awful, awful 2013 where she um, won her first World Cup, um, Binda. Binda, and yeah. then she crashed horribly in the Italian national champion. Now, apparently she doesn't like us talking about this because, you know, let's look forward, not look back. But she sliced open her stomach and broke her pelvis. And it meant that she couldn't contest the Giro, which she really wanted. And Mm. she thought the course was great for her. But also with Worlds being on home soil that year, she couldn't really ride worlds properly and you know i would have cried in my bedroom for months if that had been me but actually what elisa did was rock up at the side of the giro road in her wheelchair yelling her head off for all her teamies nice and she also had the other greatest hit of elisa longo borghini which is the which i think was the same year was um giro toscana where you may remember that race from oh fuck it we don't need to have police covers let's just what what do you mean it's bad to ride in a road full of trucks and cars yeah <laughs> exactly. and when the riders and when the riders complained about it we basically told suck it up buttercup you know what you know when you, you want to race or not and their answer was well you know what not and elisa led that protest as the representative of the italian mm. um cyclists union and ended up getting threatened with being sued by the race organizers for slander strangely they weren't threatening to sue mariana voss but they were who was also involved in the protest but you know let's go after elisa so she's a very strong rider who takes no shits on and off the road and she's she's lovely she's she's she works for her teammates heart heart you know with all her heart but but you know there she is you're there you're going oh elisa elisa it would be so good if she won because you know it's just she's a fun rider but you know you're thinking well she's doomed because we've got about 6k to go they can see her her gaps dropping but then when the other four catch the five, so they've now got Dora in that in that nine rider in that nine guided group. You're thinking, <laughs> hello, that... prisoner's dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> so you're thinking, I was just expecting it. So you're just thinking, they go, oh my god, because there's a long time between updates because people who update. So there's people at one point going, what's the gap? What's the gap at 10k to go? And I go, I don't know. No one knows. It's not our fault. Like, you know, literally we're at the mercy of race radio and they're probably out of zone or something on, on yeah, Hutterberg yeah. or whatever. So yeah. And, and they probably go through a mobile zone dead spot at 8k to go just to, just to, just to shit with us, you know? Or, or the mobile network's been overwhelmed by drunk Belgians on the <laughs> side of the road or, or posting selfies. So, yeah. you know, either way. But the next time check, 2K to go, 55 seconds. She's got it. She's won it. Oh my God. 
Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah, it's so yeah. exciting. And that's amazing then. So one of my favorite bits is um as she rolls through to the finish line. Um and I don't know if you saw the same thing, but you know, she does the you know, the the correct thing for the team and sponsor sits up straight, hands in the air. But as she actually crosses the line, her hands cover her eyes and she basically bends down over the bars just crying. You know, it just, you can see it written all over her, how much it means to her to win. It's so, I mean, Elisa, we were talking about this on Twitter while the race goes on, because one of Elisa's problems is she is often in the final group of four, yeah? Elisa's a great climber, she's a great descender, she's got time trial legs, she, she's not got the best sprint on her, yeah? She's never going to be the top sprinter in those groups. And when she's won, so she won her first, her first World Cup, Bindo, in 2013, by doing exactly the same thing. In the yeah. end, there were four laps to go at the end. She attacked in lap two. Um, and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's far too early, Elisa. What are you doing? I'd love <laughs> you to make it. But you're not going to. You're just going to suffer, 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 and then caught with, get caught with 10 k to go. Except she didn't. She won. And that's exactly what happened here. She went too early. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and, and one of those attacks where everyone sort of goes, no, nah, that won't stick, and so they don't worry about it too much. And then, as you say, just the subtle politics of, well, whose responsibility is it to chase sort of eats at the at the group for a, a couple of seconds, and that 25-second gap's a 50-second gap, and then it's out to yeah, minute yeah. five, and then it's, holy shit, it's 55 seconds and 2K to go, we're fucked. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. I love cycling. Mm. So, you know, and she's she's really wanted to win this one. It's it's glorious for her. It's her second World Cup. She hasn't, you know, it was she hadn't had a I mean, this is the thing is she's had a lot of fourth places and she was obviously she was also involved in that World Championships break last year where there were four riders out in the end. I think it's Armistead, uh Voss, Longo Borghini and I can't remember who the other one was, where they basically hesitated so much they were caught and it came to that bunch sprints which yeah. was won by Fran Prevost so but this is the problem that she's got is is when she gets she gets into these attacks but then her the only way she can do it is by attacking is from that is by attacking out but people go up oh, Lisa <laughs> not a chance <laughs> well you know so, the, the thing is there's only so many times I mean obviously obviously it's more than once that this tactic will work but there's, there, yeah. there has to be a finite number. Like, next time she attacks at anything under 50k to go, I'm betting she gets chased just on, on principle. Well, you see, I think also that they couldn't do it. I think that she went and she was super strong and she couldn't do it and they couldn't, and they couldn't follow well, her. Well, actually, and, that's, that's definitely a factor. Did you see the comments from um, Rochelle Gilmore on the, the wiggle piece? Uh, no, sorry, on the cycling tips race recap and, and interviews after the race where yeah. she was talking about um you know during their recon ride on the i think it was the wednesday before and um how they got to the the paderberg um with the team and and told everyone just ride it as hard as you can and elisa just rode everyone off as if they weren't even trying and um and she was like that's when we knew we had to go for elisa Oh, it's wonderful. It's glorious. But yeah. I think having Yolene there though was just perfect too because they've oh, got absolutely. you know having because that's that's Yolene is a well, really top sprinter. She she will not have done a single turn on the front because I'm not chasing my teammate. What do you mean? But she'd also done a lot of like she she'd ridden really hard to get back. To yeah, get yeah. Well, and, Yolene, and this is the thing we still haven't told everyone about what happened behind Elisa. So 43 seconds after she crosses the line, we're into a bunch sprint for second basically. Yeah, bunch sprint out of this group of nine. Now, 
Yolene starts her sprint at 50, at 50 metres to go. And there's a little bit of drama because over on the right, Lizzie Armitstead's cleat breaks. And you can see that girl's track skills, that woman's track skills, because she just doesn't. What she doesn't do is she's got Ash Mormon on one side and Amit van Blurson on the other side. What she doesn't do is cause a massive bunch pileup. Yeah, I was going to say, skills. I was going to say, how many of those riders did she take out? None. None. So, you know, well done, well played. Yeah, and so, you know, you've got some really strong sprinters, but Dora goes through, comes mm-hmm. second. Oh, my God, wins the bunch sprint for second. That's just, it's just, yeah, wiggle. I, I mean, you it's, know. It's you a remember? dream. It, it's an absolute dream to one to a monument. Like, holy shit. Do you remember last year where I was doing all this thing about oh, wiggle? They've just signed too many stars. It's going to be a disaster. How is that I know. going to we work so, together? We were so convinced that it was going to be a major problem. And these guys are just eating spring as if it's it's custom made for them. Yeah. Um, and, and to be perfectly honest, I'm now looking at their mix of riders and going, I'm not sure that there's anything much they can't do this year. Because if, if they continue to demonstrate the tactics that they have so far with the mix of riders that they've got, riding selflessly for each other like they have been so far, this team has a phenomenal year ahead of them. Yeah, yeah. And they've got Egon van K- von Kessel as their DS. Egon, e- I can't say Egon, Egon, Egon. Egon, I don't know. Um, they've got van Kessel as their DS, who was, who was, obviously, who was the the legendary DS when the, of Cervelo test team. He left women's cycling to go to men's cycling, but has come back and obviously is just, he's, he's, his tactical skills are fantastic too, because I think Wiggle for the last couple of years have been doing very well. As long as you want sprints won by Giorgio Bronzini, you know, yep. it's, 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 they've been, and I think this is, this is specifically why Rochelle Gilmore get, had a massive shakeup over the winter and hired some really different kinds of talent. You know, you yeah. kept riders like, amazing riders like Danny King and Emilia Forlin, and obviously Bronzini are, in, are, still, are still on the squad from last year. Yep. But they've had a really big shakeup, and, and Oma Yuko Hagiwara, it's, yeah, but they've had hmm. a really big shakeup. Well, it, what's, what's been interesting to me is is that they've brought in, you know, I mean, yeah, they've brought in a lot of talent, but they've also brought in a lot of, um, you know, very strong and consistent, um, you know, domestique type riders, you know, like, like, you know, I look at someone like Chloe Hosking, who, you know, she's had a couple of chances, she's already podiumed this year, you know, she's she's going to get her opportunities, but she's also the kind of rider that you can put to work, like she was um, last week, you know, looking after Yolene and, and just trying to, you know, keep an eye on the race and, and position and all of that sort of stuff as well. It's clear that what Wiggle have done is create an environment where they really have got these riders caring about and working for each other. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously Elisa and Georgia have the links from the Italian national squad. Mm. And then they have this sec- this subsection of um, Elisa and Chloe Hosking and Audrey Cordon, who wasn't racing because she was sick, but is an amazing domestique and really yep. good friend, who come from high tech. But then Chloe obviously rode with Fauline for many years on HTC. So they've got these links already. And, and, mm-hmm. and Yolene just seems to have fitted in. There was a, some lovely photos in the re- week leading up to Bindo, uh, sorry, in, in to Flanders, where Yolene and um, I think it was Yolene was, was swapping jerseys with Georgia. Oh. So Georgia was wearing the Belgian national champs jersey. <laughs> 
Well, actually, speaking speaking of, of team stuff, that was one thing in the UCI highlights video when they interview Elisa after the race. Um, she's got that great little um, quote about the conversation that she had with Georgia before the race where Georgia told her that she's the kind of rider who thinks too much and yeah. um, and that she's just got to trust her instincts more. And she said, so at 35 kilometres, I felt like I was good, so I went for it. <sighs> and it's... It's just it's just one of those things, you know, where sometimes it's the it's the right of the team, it's the you know well I mean obviously it's the mix of everything, but you know sometimes it's also just that little bit of advice, that little bit of permission, because this is the other thing um, about Elisa is she's still quite young, you know she's, she's only twenty three. Yeah, yeah, and so. You know, uh, a comment like that from a, a senior writer can sometimes go a long way to, to saying, actually, you've got the talent, you've got the ability. If you believe in yourself, then then don't question that. Do it. And, yeah, um, yeah. so a, a great race, absolutely great race. Yeah. Um, while, while we're, you know... Um, Should we do the top ten? Well, yeah, okay, let's do the top ten. Okay, so Elisa Longo-Borghini, Yolene Dora... Anna van der Breggen, third. She was third last week in, Bre- in Bindet. Now, Anna, we used to joke a couple of years ago when she was on Sengers that she was always fourth. And I hope that she's not always third. But she's still young enough that if she is next year, she can be always second and then she can be always first. Um, fourth, Annemiek van Vlerten. Hurrah for her. Fifth, Elena Cecchini. Wow, we went from having, you know, great riders, really good ride, so much fun. Six, Amelia, Alina uh, Amielusic. Seven, Pauline Ferran-Provo. Eight, Lizzie Armitstead. Ninth, Chantal Blark. Tenth, Ashley Mormon-Passio. And then Megan Guarnier of Bowles Dolmans bringing in the next group of about 17 riders at three minutes 30. Mm-hmm. And that is actually, you know, like it's a, it's important to, to say again, like it's, that's a very strong top 10. You know, this was, this was a, a really solid race. Um, so good yeah. so sweet. and actually a lot of i think the interesting thing is as well as you know after the fact oh elisa going away at 35 uh, 35k to go was was you know it seems inevitable that she won do you know what i mean but actually anything could have happened in there like they could have worked rabo rabo and bowls could have worked together you know all sorts of things could have gone on at least um, anamik could have got away earlier you know it's 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 by no means a foregone conclusion and that's what makes flanders and cycling so exciting it's like there's tons of riders who attacked and tons of riders who 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 could have got it and you know and and yeah beautiful race beautiful beautiful race oh i'm so happy oh i'm so sad it's gone for another year but um, the other thing the other thing i really enjoyed so audrey cordon was due to ride but she crashed last week and she had a fever this this week so she was watching from the hotel room and she was watching on twitter and watching her watch her teammate on twitter was just adorable but at the end they had a bit where where when they're sitting waiting for the podium where Elisa where 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 they hand a phone because Elisa they rung up Audrey to because they know that Audrey and Elisa are really good mates. Yeah. And they so they ring her up and she's like, Audrey, we won! We won! We won for you. And she said that she said because Audrey was so gutted to be missing it. Yeah. That yeah. she'd um that she was that she was so so gutted to be to, to be missing it. But so they said they promised Audrey they'd win it for her. Well, that's great. Just while we're on while we're on team moments, my other my other favorite um, post victory um, moment comes from the the Wiggle Team video, um, and it's towards the end because it's at the team dinner that night. Um, they get they get Elisa to make a toast, and she stands up, and the first thing she says is, "I'm not very good at talking," 
and then the whole table just pisses itself for about five hours. So, <laughs> <laughs> apparently none of none of her teammates believe that she's not very good at talking. So oh. yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think that they do after Flanders? Do you think that they like, you know, go to bed and, and kind of rest up and stuff like that? Well, look, I, I okay, it's incredibly presumptuous of me to to pretend to, to know this, but I would think after after the team dinner, you know, you celebrate your win, but I would I would imagine almost everyone on that team goes goes back to the hotel or goes home and goes to bed with the same thought in mind. Let's keep doing this. <laughs> oh, that's what they did next day. Um, we have Flanders on Easter Sunday and Dossigny on Easter Monday, GP Dossigny. It's um, a round of the Lotto Cycling Cup. Mm. Um, it's it's 125k long. It, I think, I can't remember what the, the hill's called, something like Round Meat Hill. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. And uh, but this one, um, I don't really know what happened, but in it, but I do know that it ends up in a bunch sprint, and it was won by Roxanne Fournier of Poitou Charentes Futuroscope, ahead of Chloe Hosking and Fournier's teammate Pascal Juland. Wow, cool. Yep. Well, yep. So that's um, that's two podiums within what three weeks for for Chloe. Yeah, and yeah. but but also particularly good for for so Poitou Charentes Futuroscope eighty six. Um, they're a they're a French team. All the French teams are very small. I don't know if they pay their riders even. Um, you know, so to have Fournier. Re- win that for them mm. is really really good because there's some serious you know you don't have obviously I think I think Longo Borghini had had had, uh, had deserved the day off but in that top 10 you've got Elena Ciccini um, you've got Giorgio Bronzini and coming 12th and Annemiek van Vleuten coming 13th you know this isn't this isn't just a this isn't just a um, you know a, a kind of oh yeah second base. There's a, yeah. There are some really strong riders who still raced it. Mm-hmm. So it's you know so congratulations congratulations to Pascal. And there's a couple of we've got a couple of things of photos of that. We'll put all the videos that we've got from um, Flanders and then things like the photos from Dottigny on our blog post at prowomencycling.com. Woohoo! And, and, and you know what? It's just been a wonderful week. It's been a great week for cycling. But there's also some really cool things that happened this week. Um, and I want to read some stuff about mountain biking for yeah, you. Yeah, OK. I, I know mountain biking isn't your thing. Well, no, no, but, no. As, as we say, every time that you try to drag my name through the mud when it comes to mountain biking, I really enjoy riding mountain bikes. I, I'm just, you know, I'm just not the world's most most assiduous you know, mountain bike race following person. That's when did all. you last go for a mountain bike ride, Daniel? Tuesday. Did you? Today's Tuesday, mate, no. <laughs> but I wanted to. Does that count? No, doesn't count unless ah, you've ah, done it. Ah, ah. Which actually, there's this, this quote, it's an well, Australian. It's more, so recent, it's more recent than the last mountain bike ride you went for. That's all I'm saying. I'm banned from riding mountain bikes. <laughs> Actually, that's true. I banned you. <laughs> what did I say? Until you can name all the basic components of a mountain bike, you're not allowed on one. <laughs> you you claimed that I'd hit trees and manage trees. <laughs> you would. You'd be terrible for the environment. <laughs> so, 
Aussie, so basically one of the top stars of downhill mountain biking is Tracy Hanna. She's the sister of Mick Hanna. They ride together on, um, they ride together on a team and they're so much fun and she's great. And, and Tracy Hanna is known for having hideous, hideous accidents and then just getting back and blasting things. She's so good. You should love her. She's wonderful. But this is a bit of a quote from a piece she wrote on Pink Bike. Okay. Yep. There's more to life than worrying if you're skinny enough, beautiful enough, or good enough. I know that deep down inside most girls lies a heart for adventure that is shut out by what we should do or who we should be. When you spend your time trying to live up to unrealistic expectations, sport is completely out of the question. And thoughts arise like, I don't want to get dirty and sweaty. I don't want to look like a tomboy. Or simply, I don't want to be ugly. It's scary to ride a bike, to come into a sport that is considered extreme and male-dominated. Tapping into an industry that is run off testosterone is extremely hard. The benefits of getting out on a bike far outweigh, the ha- far outweigh never having the courage to try. Working out the bravery it takes to pedal for the first time is one of the many challenges that will change your life. Building confidence to get out and ride those trails that once seemed impossible and ridiculous is no easy task. Once you overcome the fear that was holding you back, you will find a freedom that comes with getting better and better. Being fit and healthy at the gym is great, but combine adventure with that and it will change your lifestyle. Mm. Indeed. Indeed it would. Isn't that great? Yeah. Isn't she great? Yeah. It's, oh, I love, one of the things, I say this all the time, one of the things I love about all cyclists, but especially mountain bikers because they're part of a growing and developing sport, is how absolutely passionate they are. Right, this is, a guy at my work who I ran in the in the temp job I'm temping in, his son is a, a mountain, is is like a, a, a rider, a young rider, 13 years old. He's being mentored by Katie Kurd, the uh, four cross world champion, oh, wow. because they happen to ride on the same trails. You know, uh-huh. like they just, you know, Katie Kurd sets up a load of riders. You know, rides this 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 um in in the bank holiday in the first hot school holiday of the year, which had her downhill world champion Manon Carpenter, Enduro World Series winner and former world champion Tracy Mosley and someone else, but I can't remember who the other one is. That's terrible. But, you know, you're sitting there going, wow, yeah, you can get your teenage girls to ride with three world champions. And, you know, Rachel Atherton is personally sponsoring and mentoring girls riding in the junior rounds of the British downhill series, which didn't exist before she said, here, have my money and my name. Mm, mm, Which is awesome. And reminds me that I need to get the nieces mountain bikes. You so. totally need to get the nieces mountain bikes. Mm, mm. You need to get the you need to get the mountain bikes, and you need to and actually now they're they look out, so yeah. cool in in mountain bike helmets and stuff too. They would they'd be awesome. I can imagine your nieces shredding some trails and generally oh, totally shredding some trails. And my younger my younger niece would totally run into trees on purpose because she's that kind of a wild child. <laughs> she would she, she'd headbutt a tree and then laugh. She's, would you would you get them mountain bikes or would you get them BMXs? She's uh, um to be honest, I to be completely honest, I'd get them whatever their parents told me they were allowed to have at this stage. Um, probably BMXs because I imagine that would be more accessible to them where they're currently located. So yeah. I don't know. I mm, yeah, we should have a conversation about that. Yeah, yes, well, because think... I'm pretty sure there are no mountains in England, so. <gasps> I'm horrified. I'm horrified. <laughs> everyone, I tell you. Everyone knows that all your mountains are in Wales and Scotland. There are no mountains in England. One day, <laughs> one day, you're going to come to England and I'm going to take you to the Peak District and the Lake District and you're going to go, and you're going to be pretending, oh, yeah, it's all right, Sarah, and I'm going to know that inside you're loving it and thinking it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm, I'm, going to be, I'm going to be all Monty Python. That's not a real mountain. It's barely a scratch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm. I'll leave you at the top of one of them and see if you can get down <laughs> itself without yeah. your phone or compass. Whatever. I'll just turn and walk north to a distillery. It'll be fine. <sighs> I hope you didn't fall in a lake. Anyway, um, ah. tons. there's a couple more mountain bike videos because the mountain bike season is about to start very, very soon. Yeah. So we've got enduro videos all over the place, which is wonderful. But if you have never thought about mountain bike or if you're a massive mountain bike fan, there's one thing to do. Okay. And that is to go to redbull.tv because mountain bike we're so so lucky it's got some of the best coverage the first race is on april the 12th in lourdes in france and um, the downhill well the first downhill world cup of the year watch it it's all on the it's all on red, red Bull tv and it's got great coverage it's actually really 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 accessible and you watch it and it's it's lots of high adrenaline it's very simple to watch Dial hill basically can you get from the top of this mountain to the bottom without dying <laughs> and and faster than everyone else but yeah without your bike. but in that order like you can't you can't be the fastest and die you have to not yeah. die and be the fastest it's and, and, and you know not crash and not, not oh yeah not... And, and stick to the course markers you know it gets progressively more complex but the the top two rules are actually pretty simple yeah, and they'll, you know, and, and well, and yeah, and you also get the absolute joy of Rob Warner screaming his head off and forgetting he's not supposed to swear. <laughs> the absolute joy. Well, you know, and you know how I feel. I'm very pro swearing. Uh, so, you know. Yeah, no, I won't be able to watch it though because I will be in the Netherlands. Well, you know, um, fuck you. I mean, <gasps> I mean, awesome. Congratulations. That sounds so exciting. I am going to be at the Energiewachter in Groningen province, which is the first um, the first stage race in Europe for women of the year. It's always a fun race. Um, you know when you look at a race on a map and you go, yeah, those profiles, they look pretty flat. That must mean it's a boring race, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on how you feel about A, crosswinds and B, canals. So, yeah. And C, cobbles and D, and D, road furniture and E, Side winds, cross winds, head winds, tail winds, wind wind, above wind, downwind. Um, if you want to watch what this is about, I'm going to be doing. I'm basically doing. It's run by volunteers, and I'm joining the volunteer team this year. I'm going to be. Um, I'm going to be doing their social media for them, uh, which I'm really excited about. Awesome. Um, but you people at home can watch it live because it's going to be shown live on Podium TV. Podium TV. Awesome. Podium.tv, which is a, a stream, a, a, a new a channel. It's going to have, it's going to be, the, I think it's the first time, they're saying it's the first time a women's stage race has been shown live. Now, I think that maybe, you know, maybe back in the 80s or 90s, something like this happened before, but I don't think this is, if this has happened before, it hasn't happened for years. This is yeah, truly, well, I mean, truly, truly groundbreaking. It, well, let's go ahead and say this is the first time, because even if it did happen back in the 80s, that would have been terrestrial broadcast. It wouldn't have been streamed. So, yeah, yeah let's say, let's go ahead and say this is the first time ever in the history of the world that a women's stage race has been streamed live which is yep. fucking amazing and also going to be an important part of why I don't have a productive couple of days at work. Yay. <laughs> it's, so exciting. it's also got a junior women's race. It's, um, 
six stages long and um, one of the days is a two-stage race you also get things like the first time we'll see lisa brunauer if she's riding in her itt skin suit we'll get to see a team the first one of the few team t- team time trials that we have here we'll get to see junior women race and the final stage is on the one the german wadden island of boat borkham okay so wow. basically if you don't know your if you don't know your european geography Groningen province is right in the north um, northeast of the Netherlands, yeah. So right yep. but, abutting up to Germany, and along the top of German and Dutch border, there are these islands, the Wadden Islands, which or Frisian Islands, which are basically when you see them from the sky, they look like little sandbanks with tiny little islands next to them on on top of them, yeah. Right. So and they've, got, and they've got mud flats between the the island and the the and and the uh and and the country it's very very beautiful um borkham is the most west of the german ones and then you've got a string of dutch ones that could, could carry on and you get there by ferry the race is chartering a ferry over there once you get off the ferry there's a little there's a free there's a railway free railway that takes you to the town of five thousand souls it's 30 square kilometers <laughs> okay and yeah and it's going to that's where the final stage is going to be held it's wow. really it's going to be it's going to be super great i'm, I'm very excited sounds awesome um yeah. so so that's going to be pretty exciting um i assume that you are going to point us via your twitter to wherever we need to look um but what sort of what sort of social media stuff are you going to be looking after I'm, well, you, if you go to their website, www.energiewachter.nl, um, you can get there. You can see them. I'm going to be help on their, helping out on their Twitter and on their Facebook. I'm going to be doing interviews and things for their SoundCloud. But you can find them because their Twitter is ewachter. That's E-W-A-C-H-T-T-O-U-R. Yeah, I'm nice. going to be um, – that's there. But if you want to find out where I am, I'm at underscore pigeons underscore on Twitter. But I'll probably be mostly putting things up through the race Twitter because, you know, that's that's fun. Um, sure. Yeah, so if there's anything you want to see or know, give me a shout. And, yeah, I'll do my best for you. And, yeah, no, except for I won't push a rider into a canal. That would be unfair. Well, also unnecessary. Um, the wind will do that for you. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, this week we're Energy Walk Tour. And then we've got the start of the start of the mountain bike world cup, and then we go on to have flesh well on in two weeks' time, ish. Ish, yeah. Ish, yeah. And um... <laughs> I've just forgotten what date flesh well on is. That's <laughs> awful, isn't it? Um, yeah, flesh flesh well on. Da 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 da. da. On. Well, on on. on. Oh. <laughs> Hang on, you want me? You want me to fill a little? So, um, featuring the murder Hui and also the annual challenge. Will this be the year that Fleshful On finally appeased Dan in his uh, so far unending fury that we have cameras right the fuck there at the finish line? And Dan, and did you hear? See. Yes. Did you hear the? Um, did you hear the excuse for why they couldn't sh- click, click to the finish of the? Ronda van Vlander and the women's finish during the men's race because this is a thing is that for years ago they used to do this they used to go you know the men were on a boring motorway part of the course which is how it's been designed yeah the women would finish and years ago they used to cut to the finish of the women live so you know or, or screen and screen but so this year apparently the Eurosport commentators asked sports hey why aren't we doing this this year and they said we can't do that it's too confusing for who have they? For, for, oh, sweet However, baby Jesus, strike them dead. 
<laughs> oh, please. I want an Easter miracle. Please, please, please crucify them. Oh. <laughs> Dan, that's, that's, that's a little bit over the top. But, um, the fun, but the interesting thing, so that was bad, but the interesting thing is that actually you had the Eurosport commentators asking about this, you know? They were asking about it, and in response to loads of people asking on Twitter, hey, what's going on in the women's race? They gave updates in the women's race. So, you know, it's like we're getting there in baby steps, and as I've said before, we can get women's race coverage, really good in-depth women's race coverage from... Italy, of course, the Netherlands live, Sweden live, France live, although France isn't always great, but when it is good, good it's great. Um, massively good for Britain. We've got really good coverage in the USA. We've got really good coverage in Norway. So it's kind of like, although we still don't have good coverage in Belgium, it's, it's one of a dying breed and change will happen. Yeah, it will after a ceremonial Easter miracle crucifixion. <laughs> It will be awesome. We're positive, happy-thinking people here, dear. I so, know. <laughs> so, you should see the big evil grin on my face. <laughs> so, Flesh Malon is on the twenty-second of April. Um, so you know, so don't, uh, but you know, don't, don't, don't get too upset if you can't see it live. Just assume that you can't, and hope that we can. Yeah, that's the way that we have to go for this. Mm. And then also, we've got the Joe um, starting on the twenty-third of, of April. We've got more good news. Because we have the Joe Martin stage race presented by Nature Valley, which is a great American stage race, but it kicks off the American first UCI section of the calendar. Yeah. So we have Joe Martin, Tour of the Gila, and then the Tour of California, all of which are UCI ranked this year. So really, really congratulations, USA yeah, riders. Really happy for you, USA riders. Absolutely. Really good to have that, to have some back. And that's just what the first of two usa sections yeah, of sort the of UCI sections yeah, yeah so yeah it's it, this year is honestly it's a great year for a big step up in in u.s racing um and i'm really excited to see how that plays out to be honest so yeah. heaps heaps coming up um it, by nature of you being away it will possibly be a little bit longer before we catch up again but you'll have all sorts of awesome inside stories to tell us about the energy box tour so i think that's a fair trade I think so. And yeah, and the other thing to tell you, dear listener, is I am going because of my amazing Patreon supporters, because everyone on the uh, Energy Water is a volunteer. And while they're putting me up for the week, I couldn't afford to take the time off my crappy pay job, my crappy temp job without you, my Patreon supporters. People give as little as two pounds a month and you help me to do this sort of thing. So thank you so much. But also, hopefully I'll be able to give up working for my crappy temp job at the end of April and we'll be back to a proper schedule, hopefully, of recording and and race following stuff um so yeah thank you to to all the current patreon supporters and if you would like to be immediately sexier uh in the eyes of your preferred gender um then feel free to find the link at the bottom of this post and um and also add your support to sarah's patreon page patreon.com slash women's cycling and go to our blog pro women's cycling.com because then you can see the links to all the videos and there are videos and you can see the photos and you can see everything else that we like this week indeed and you can also tell us how awesome you think we are um thank you very much for hanging out and talking flanders cobbles 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 <laughs> cobbles <laughs>